Well, hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Pete. So glad to be with you guys this morning. Thanks for being here. Um, we are in a series that we've been doing for the last few weeks called Faith Stories, and it's been awesome just to talk about some stories of faith and things that uh, people's lives that inspire us. Um, this morning, I just wanted to uh, talk about the darkness. If you guys have, uh, I don't know how you feel about this at night, but every single night... Um, when nighttime comes, the darkness takes over the whole, or at least uh, the world that we see, and everything that we see becomes hidden by the dark. Um, it's crazy. Some of you might look forward to that because as the world, you know, as the sun goes down at night uh, and we hit dusk, it, you start to feel like this is the end of the day, and now I have an opportunity to go to sleep, and so maybe you're looking forward to that, and so that's a great thing. Uh, some of you might feel scared by the darkness at night. I know that when I first moved into my house, uh, the street that I moved in on, on nobody has a, a street light at, at all. Um, and because they don't have any street lights, like literally when the sun goes down, it looks like there's no houses there, that nobody lives there. And so the dark can really just be uh, good at one thing. The one thing that is really good at is hiding. You know, if you have a, a mess in your backyard when the sun goes down, you don't see it whatsoever. If you're going to play an epic game of hide and seek with your kids, then you got to do it by turning off the lights and all like that. Um, and it's such a good, uh, it's so good at hiding, we're even going to do it just for a second here in the room. So go ahead, Austin, turn off the lights for just a second. It's crazy when the lights go out and the sun goes down at night that everything that once was exposed is now hidden. And because it's hidden, it's so, the darkness is so good at hiding things, things that you used to be able to see that were all around you, they're gone and they're, they're not exposed whatsoever anymore. You can't even probably see me standing here on the stage. It's a crazy thing. But then in the morning, just at, at dawn, just a kiss of sunlight begins to change everything on the horizon line, doesn't it? I mean, when the sun begins to rise, often we gather because we want to see what it looks like when the sun comes up. It starts to change everything in the landscape. While darkness is really good at hiding things, you begin to see that everything in the light is exposed and it's revealed. Uh, the mountains, they show their form again. The trees, every tree is seen, every blade of grass, everything that once was hidden in the dark is now seen seen in the light. Uh, when you think about the, the vibrancy that happens with all of the colors that we see with our eyes, the world becomes a place that's in high definition once again. And the, the light really does the opposite of what the darkness does. In the darkness, we can't see whatsoever, but the light exposes everything. In fact, while there's no hiding in the dark, there's, uh, I'm sorry, while there's hiding in the dark, there's no hiding whatsoever in the light. It's just a crazy, crazy thing that happens, the contrast between the two of them. And the life that we experience in the light is far different than the light that we experience, or the, the, what we experience in the dark. While you can hide all the things you want to in the dark, you can't hide them whatsoever in the light. And you know what? Personally, as human beings, we wrestle with this tension as well. Uh, there's some reasons why we decide to live in the darkness of our life sometimes, don't we? I mean, there are things that we don't want people to see. And I think we hide in the dark sometimes because of two reasons. This might not sum them all up, but it kind of gets us close into the ballpark. We hide for a couple reasons. One, we're afraid. We don't want people to see the mistakes that we've made. We don't want people to know the things that have happened to us, and so we kind of hide. We don't want people to see, and we hide because we're ashamed. Maybe there has been things that have happened in your life that you've done, repeated behaviors or closet addictions or different things like that, that you're like, you know what, I don't want people to know this, and so I hide. And while I can, be, uh, I can hide all of that stuff from everyone, what we experience when we hide is we experience the fact that over here where no one knows me, I'm all alone. And, and while I can keep everybody from knowing what I've done and who I am, um, 
the experience over there is one of solitude. And it can lead us sometimes to a place of depression. It can lead us to a time where we might think to ourselves, I don't, I don't really want to live. That life isn't even worth living. And, and maybe you're over here because of things that you've done, but maybe you're also over here hiding in the darkness because of things that have been done to you. And maybe you've experienced somebody in your life that has bullied you when you were younger and they made fun of you about your weight or the way that you look. And so over here, you're just like, you know what? I don't want to talk about it. I don't want anybody to know about that part of me. I'm sensitive and I'm ashamed. Or maybe something has been done to you or you were hurt, you were abused, maybe emotionally or physically. And over here, you're just like, I don't want anybody to see this part of my life. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to keep it hidden in the dark. And while we hide in the dark, we find ourselves in isolation. But in the light, when we decide to expose all those things to the light, we have an opportunity to live a vibrant life, one where as someone gets to know you, all of a sudden I can live in authenticity, where I'm not alone anymore because of authenticity, I can have vibrant relationships. Someone knows every part about me, and because they know every part about me, I'm really actually known. And it's not just a secret about this hidden life that I have. I'm known, and I'm loved, and I'm appreciated as a whole person. But we wrestle with this tension. You know, it's interesting because even in the origins of time, when God made Adam and Eve, they wrestled with this tension as well. Because uh, they were given this opportunity, God created Adam and Eve, and he gave them this opportunity to have complete uh, freedom, to do whatever they wanted to do. But the one thing that they couldn't do was eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, if you know this story, right? They weren't allowed to do one thing. And when they did that one thing that they weren't supposed to do, they hid because they were afraid of the consequences of their mistake, right? And they hid because of their shame, because they were ashamed of their nakedness. And we do the same things. We hide because we're afraid of the consequences of our mistakes, and we hide because we're ashamed. We're ashamed of maybe who we are or what's been done to us. So this morning, as we talk about another faith story, we want to dive into the story of uh, just an incredible woman, this incredible woman that we see in the Bible um, this morning. Just uh, her circumstances are uh, astounding what she had to go through. And I think as we go through this, we'll see that the faith choice that she made might be something that's very inspiring to you. I can't use my TV because it's not working this morning, so I'm going to have to uh, just kind of talk to the screen, so bear with me as I do. But... um, Yeah, let's check out what this story, this beautiful story of this woman uh, that we find here in Scripture. Here's what it says. In the crowd that day, there was a woman who for 12 years had been afflicted with hemorrhages. She had spent every penny she had on doctors, but no one had been able to help her. Um, so this woman that we are finding out this morning, she's a, she's a person that had to live in isolation. And she lived in isolation because she had something going on. She had a physical impairment. She had a hemorrhage that was coming from her body that was unable uh, to be stopped. And, you know, if you've ever experienced this before, maybe this story to you sounds a little bit familiar. If you've ever known someone like this or if you felt this before, she went to the doctor. And as she talked to the doctor, she tried to get answers to things that were going on in her. And she spent every penny that she had And maybe you've been there before where you spent every penny or you spent all your, you maxed out your insurance and the doctors look at you and you're like, dude, we have no idea what's wrong with you. And so because of the fact that she had, they had no idea what was wrong with her, she literally spent her life savings and she goes into a place where she's isolated. Now, not only is she isolated because of the fact that she's got this, this sickness, this illness, but it goes a little bit further. And so just to paint a little bit of a picture for you, uh, she lived in a religious community. Obviously, she lived among uh, the Jewish people and in their, uh, their Jewish religious customs, um, they all read and understood the law and the prophets. We call it the Old Testament. They called it the law and the prophets. And in the Old Testament, law there's a book called Leviticus and in Leviticus chapter 15 it says really clearly 
that if you have a bleed outside your body, that you are ceremonially to be unclean. And not only that, there was also this, like, uh, this holy game of tag that if she was supposed to, if she touched someone as an unclean person, then she made them unclean as well. And so she lived in this place where she was like, not only was she unclean, and every time she went out into public, she had to literally say to everyone, I'm unclean. Uh, because if she were to come in contact with a religious person or come near to someone that was uh, um, ceremonially clean and touch them, she would ruin their day. They had to spend the rest of the day, sometimes longer than that, to get to a place of ceremonial cleanliness. So I wonder to myself, like, how often was she out just in public and she accidentally brushed up against someone and they just said, get away from me. Don't touch me. Like, how many times has she felt that? And if you've ever felt that before when someone says those words to you, maybe you have felt that feeling inside that, like, I... I, I'm, I'm worthless. I just need to get away. I just need to stay away. I don't want to be in public. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be known. I just want to hide. And in this place of hiding, she must have heard about who Jesus was because she was in this crowd this day. And maybe she was taking a risk to be out there because as she went out to the crowd, clearly she was going to be around people. I don't know if she heard about him or she'd followed him around or how she had seen the things that he, she'd done. But clearly she'd gone to the crowd that day to interact with Jesus. And I wonder some of the things that might have been like wandering around in her mind. Like I wonder if that day she was thinking to herself the same thing she thought when she saw other doctors of the time. She was like, can he even heal me? And I wonder if she was thinking to herself, if I get close to him and I touch him and I break this law, will I be rejected? Will he even want to do anything with me? Will he care? Will he just say, get away from me like everybody else has probably said to her in her life? This worry and the, and the doubts and all the fears that might have welled up inside her, she might have been asking herself, can I even be healed? Am I unhealable? She might have asked herself, am I untouchable? Because maybe for years no one's touched her. It's possible as we're around this Christmas season and we think about all the family gatherings and things that we do, you know, so much of their religious celebrations were obviously around their religion. So she couldn't even participate in moments like we're about to participate in Christmas. Am I untouchable? Am I unlovable? And I think in the essence of some of the doubts and fears that she might have had, this is where we live when it comes to a place of hiding for us. That when we walk into a place of the darkness where nobody can see us and we can hide because darkness is really good at hiding, when we go to that place, we're like, I don't want anybody to see this mistake that I've made. Because if they do, I, I don't know if I'm lovable. And I've made this mistake so many times. Can God heal me from this? Can he help me overcome this? I don't know because I've said it before and I've done it again and again and again and again. And people have tried to help me understand that I'm worthwhile, but I just feel unworthy. Am I untouchable? Am I unknowable? Am I unlovable? And we live kind of in the same place where she lived that day. But she made a choice. She did something crazy. She had a faith to do something. She had a faith to say, I'm going to expose my fears today, and I'm going to go into public, and I'm going to come near to Jesus and have an encounter with him. And this is what happened. She slipped in from behind and she touched the edge of his robe. She's like, I'm going to sneak up to him. I'm going to grasp a hold of him. And I don't know if she knew what was going to happen next. I, I don't know if she knew that when she touched him, this was going to happen. But here's what it says. At that very moment, her hemorrhaging stopped. 
I don't know if she was like, man, all I need to do is get close to him, or if she was just reaching out to try and get his attention, you know, just like, excuse me, sir, but when she touched the edge of her robe, just kind of like when you stick your finger in an electrical outlet and you feel that quick jolt of energy, her hemorrhaging stopped in that moment. One encounter with Jesus changed everything for her. She, she had the faith to step out and expose her fear, and when she did, he healed her. There's power in this, right? There's power in the fact that when she decided to trust Jesus, he healed her instantaneously. Now, this is crazy because um, Jesus said, who touched me? When no one stepped forward, Peter said, but master, we've got crowds of people on our hands. Dozens of people have touched you. He's saying, you know what? Listen, Peter is telling Jesus, there's so many people around you right now. There's dozens of people, lots of people. That, in fact, it says in the beginning, the, cr the crowd was so big that it pressed in around Jesus. If you've ever been in a crowd like this, maybe you haven't experienced this recently because of COVID, but before COVID, when you go to a concert or you go to a place where there's lots of people, like a football game or something like that, you're brushing up against people all the time. This is what was happening in this circumstance. And Jesus is like, no, this is different. Someone touched me. I felt power discharging from me. He's like, somebody was here. Somebody touched me. This was different. I wasn't just brushed up against her. And I just, I wonder to myself, for this woman, I wonder, like, in this moment, she already had her healing. And I'm not sure why she just didn't run away. But there was more for her to do. It's just crazy. She stayed. When she could have disappeared into a crowd, when she could have, like, been, become unseen again, she stayed. And Jesus is like, he wanted to know who touched me, who touched me. And it says when, she realized, when the woman realized that she couldn't remain hidden, she knelt trembling before him. She comes and she kneels before him and she's like, okay, I need, to, I need to come clean about something. I need to expose what has happened here. And it says in front of all the people, she blurted out her story, why she touched him, and how at that same moment she was healed. You know, I think when we come to a place where we're willing to expose our shame, the thing that's been over here that we're hiding, the repeated behavior, the, uh, the thing that's been done to us, when we're willing to expose that, it feels kind of like this, where we blurt out what has happened to us. When we finally get to a place where we're willing to say it, it's like verbal diarrhea. We just open our mouth and we just say it. And she blurted out in front of her, and in front of him. And I gotta say, like, this was, she, she was at her most vulnerable moment right here. She took a big, big step of faith. She chose to expose her shame in front of all of these people, in front of Jesus. And you know what? Jesus, like we can learn a lot about who God is in this moment. We can learn about what he's going to do and what, he's going, what his response is going to be in this moment. We can understand a bit about him because he could have been upset. He's like, a oh, rabbi, you, he could have said, you've made me unclean. I mean, he was on his way to do another miracle. He could have been very, very upset with her. He could have crushed her in her vulnerability. He could have ended her hopes of ever doing that again or coming clean or being in a moment like that. He could have just said so many different things to her. But we learn a lot about who God is, and we learn a lot about his compassion towards his people with the next thing that he says. He looks at her and he says, Daughter, you took a risk in trusting me, and now you're healed and whole. Live well and blessed. In that moment when she stepped out and she exposed her shame and she told him the whole story, 12 years I've been in isolation and then I touched you and you healed me when she came clean with all of that in front of everybody. He didn't crush her. He didn't send her away and say, now go. He named her. 
He called her daughter. He reminded her of her value, and he invited her to a relationship where she could call him father. He invited her close in her most vulnerable of moments. When she was exposed completely, there in that moment, Jesus said, this is who you are, and now be blessed. I don't know what it is for you and me, why we we literally believe to ourselves that if we're to expose those fears and doubts to someone, we expect harsh treatment. We do. We expect it from other people and we expect it from God. And because of that, we hide so much of it. We're afraid that we're not going to be understood when we say those things that we're hiding. We're afraid that we're going to be rejected. We're afraid that we're going to be crushed. And so because we're afraid and because we're ashamed, we keep those things to ourselves with an expectation that God's just going to crush me or someone is going to hurt me. But this woman, she demonstrated a completely different example. She, in her fear and in her shame, she came to Jesus and she trusted him with it. And when he did, when she did, he healed her and he named her. So the question for us is, what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of today? What's the thing? What's the mistake in your life that you're like, I don't want anybody to know about this thing that I've done? What is it that makes you say, I've got to retreat to the darkness to, the, to hide. I don't want anybody to see this. I don't want anybody to know this. You know, you might be sitting next to someone and thinking, if they found out this, they might not love me anymore. What is that thing right now that is imprisoning you in the darkness? You know, I, I want to make sure that in this moment that I help you to see that I can relate with all of this. And, I, you know, there is so much about our personalities and about our, uh, our lives that hide. And as I was thinking about who I am and things that make me afraid and the things that I'm ashamed of, um, there's a couple things. I, I think about, like, if I were to meet you uh, one-on-one, the first thing that you see from me is a professional uh, a handshake where you, you just see a version of me. And I think we all do this, right? Like when you're getting to know someone, you hide a lot of who you are. When you first like experience a relationship with someone, you don't want them to see everything. So we put on a a facade, right? And the first thing you see from me is professional. But if you get to know me and you peel back the layers of me a little bit, then the next thing you see out of me is a goofy individual. In fact, you only have to know me for about 15 to 20 minutes to find out that I give nicknames to everyone. Uh, I've been working here for three years, and in the first seven minutes I was working with Caleb, who's the music guy who was just on stage here, I called him Kali Baba, and he started calling me Papa. And I don't know why that happened, but it's just part of who I am, right? And what's also crazy is because I've gotten to know some of the people on our worship team, and we've gotten past some of those uh, initial cordialities, now everybody on the team, or a lot of people on the team, call me Papa as well. And it's really interesting because there's someone on the team who's like 20 years older than me that calls me Papa, which is a unique experience. But you go just a little bit further uh, past that in my personality, and if you get to know me a little bit deeper, and I trust you a little bit more, I'm going to share with you some of the things that I struggle with. It's funny that I hide, I stay in the darkness for even for the goofy side of my personality for fear that you might reject me. But as I trust you a little bit more, I'll begin to share a little bit more of who I am. And as I trust you a little bit more, I'll share a little bit more of who I am. And one of the biggest struggles that I've struggled with, and I I realize this about myself, I've struggled with this one thing for a long time. And for a long time, it owned me. Um, But when I first started a long time, and for a long time, it owned me. Um, But when I first started ministry, I was only 18 years old. And as I began in my ministry, um, I realized something really fast. Uh, I really liked it when people saw the good things that I did and then they said them to me. 
And uh, so because of that fact, I, I started to realize that sometimes I was doing the good thing just so that people would say something good about me. And I realized early on in my career that like, uh, and, and it was just like revealing this about my life, that oftentimes I'm striving for people's praise. And so I've had to beat it down with a stick oftentimes in my life. Like, I don't want to serve so that people love me. I want to serve because I love God. Um, but there's a tension. And if I let it go, I'll just rise to, I'm just all about the praise that I get from people. It's just the thing that happens in me, right? And the ugliness, the ugliness in that is that sometimes when, I, uh, when I'm not hearing that, if you're not saying I'm valuable, then I might cut myself off in a relationship with you. Because deep inside, you peel back the layer one more time, you look a little bit deeper inside of me, is that there's this thing in me that questions my own value. That when I look at me, I might think to myself, I'm not that valuable, and I need you to make me think that I'm valuable, right? And if you go just a little bit deeper, there's this pride that lives inside of me. elevates myself saying, I'm amazing. It's a pride that thinks of self. And when I look deep at the thing that is probably the most shame that I have in my heart, it's that. Is that there, there's this, this thing in the secret that at some point in time, I was able to bring it into the light. And as I bring it into the light, I was able to see the contrast to it. And now I can talk about it. And now I can figure out a way to, to fight against it. And now I don't have to live in this place where I'm just embarrassed about this thing. But I can be freed from it. And I can learn how to rise above it and live in the vibrancy of freedom, of walking out of the darkness and into the light. And so that's what this woman demonstrated for us, right? She's like, there's this thing that's embarrassing. There's this thing that I'm afraid of. And she brought it into the light. And when she did, God met her there and he healed her and he gave her a new life. He blessed her. And so the question for you this morning is, what is it that you're afraid of? Because I know that you can relate. I know that you can relate with this. Because when we look in the mirror and we see our hat hair, what do we do to go in public? We cover it up with, uh, uh, or sorry, when we see our bad hair, we cover it up with a hat. Or if we look at our face and we're like, I don't like that pimple on my face, so I'm going to cover it up with makeup before I go outside. And if you peel back the layers a little bit more, I don't like that people know which sides that I choose, so I just won't say which side that I'm on. Or if, if I look a little bit deeper, I don't want people to know how worthless that I feel inside, so I just paste a smile on my face. Or if we just look a little bit deeper, what is it there for you? What is the thing that it's just like, ugh? Yeah, here it is. This is the mistake that I've made, and I don't want anybody to know about it. And so what I might say to you today is, is there a trusted friend in your life that you can say, I'm going to walk out of the darkness and into the light, and I'm going to take a step of opening this part up about me so that I don't have to live in secret anymore, and, and I don't have to hide this from you. I can live in a place where I'm authentic, and I've exposed that thing, because I believe that when you do, if you can find a trusted friend, they might communicate to you what God would communicate to you, which is that you can be healed and that you are loved and he will name you and he'll remind you who you are and where your value is found. And so there's that second question of what's the shame? What's the shame? What's the, uh, the closet behavior that you're afraid of anybody seeing? What's, what's the, uh, the addiction that nobody knows about? Oh, maybe what's been done to you? Well, the thing that someone said to you for so long that you just believe it and that every time somebody says, no, you're good at that, you go, no, I'm not, I'm not, and you just self-deprecate because you believe that I'm worthless. What's the abuse that maybe you've never talked about and made public before? Because if you're living over here, these things, they can drive you to a place of isolation and it can drive you to a place of self-doubt and it can leave you feeling like you're so alone. 
What's the shame that you've kept hidden this morning? What's the thing that's in you that you're like, I need to expose this? Because maybe today is the day, because this stuff can be a little bit deeper. Maybe today is the day that you're like, there might be a trusted friend I need to tell, but there also might be a counselor I need to go see. That I finally someday say, I've got to begin to unpack this and come clean and bring it into the light so that I can experience freedom from it. What is it today that you are afraid of? What is it today that you're ashamed of? James 5, uh, 16 says this, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. When we bring this darkness into the light and we share with someone and we come before it, encourage you to do that today. Bring it before God. Say, God, this is the thing. This is what I've been embarrassed of. I've been hiding from you. I've been running away from you because I didn't want you to see it. I just thought if I put some distance between you, I'd be okay. But the reality is I need to bring it out before you. I need to trust you. And when this woman decided to do that, Jesus met her. He healed her and he named her and he wants to bring that same value back to you to remind you of who you are. And so I would encourage you today to pursue a faith, to step out of the darkness and into the light. Pursue a faith where you step out of the shadows. Pursue a faith where you decide, I no longer want to be okay with just closeting everything and being in isolation. I want to experience what it feels like to live in the light, to know who I am, to know that I'm loved by God and know that I can be whole again, like this woman experienced. What is it you're afraid of? What is it you're ashamed? So bring it before God today and experience healing and experience a reminder of who you are. Jesus, we thank you for the fact that you've given so much to us to communicate truth to us. I just pray that today you would just help us to take this step of trust. This woman exposed her fears and her shames and you met her, healed her, you named her. You give me the same courage and confidence today and whether or not I need to confess to a trusted friend so that I can experience healing or just bring it before you. Whatever my next step is, whatever our next steps are, we pray that you would reveal them to us today so we can experience what it's like to live in freedom, to live in the light as a whole individual. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.